Everybody sells something. Whether you are in promotions, customer service, or sales, without a plan, you are looking at a near zero chance at success. Welcome to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO with host Bill Bush. If you are looking to gain or retain your clients, this is one hour you and your business can't afford to miss. Now, here is your host, Phil Bush. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be in the world. This is Phil Bush, and thank you for joining us on Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. And we have had a great run of shows talking about various issues to do with sales. And today I am very excited to focus on an issue that is everybody who is in sales has to deal with relationships and how they work them. And today we're going to talk about engagement with the customer from curiosity to rapport. And I am very thrilled to welcome a great friend the Vice President of Sales for the Southeastern Area for SAP, Jim Cusick. Jim's been in sales for a long time, longer than he and I would like to admit, since he and I have both been in sales for a long time. But he's the Vice President of Sales for the Digital Enterprise Platform at SAP America's responsible for database and technology, software license sales to the company Southeastern Region. The database and technology Solutions include SAP HANA and SAP Database, Enterprise Information Management, and SAP NetWeaver Technologies. And he's been in sales for quite some time, previously served as Vice President of North American Sales at Sybase, and he's been in a variety of other sales and leadership positions. He and I have worked together in the past. And Jim, welcome to the show, and thanks for being with us today. Phil, thank you very much for having me here, and it's a real pleasure um, I think back to the early 90s when you and I were working together and uh, you were giving me guidance about uh, how to get into uh, new customer relationships and uh, a lot of what we've talked about over the years uh, continues to, to ring true. So I'm excited to be on the show today and, and to share some insights that you and I have talked about uh, over the years and, and how people can continue to focus on their customers to uh, achieve their goals and help their customers achieve their goals. That's great, Jim. And folks, if you're listening in and you... Uh are in reach, please feel free to dial in to us, 866-472-5790, and hit me up at psbush at bellsouth.net. Jim, the first thing I want to get into is to talk a little bit about this the term relationship in sales. I know it has many meanings, of course, but as it relates to relationship or relationship management, whatever you want to call it, what are the major issues that you see today? Because we're in a whole different era of selling now, and you've told me that you know, in our prior conversations. Well, Phil, you know, as I think about this, you know, everybody, every company has got some type of sales process that they ask us to use to identify opportunities, to go uh, develop uh, understanding of the customer's issues, to present solutions, to work towards a closure. But in all those cases, regardless of what sales process, what sales methodology are you using, it is about the relationship, and it's about that trust. And one of the concepts I've you know, really grabbed onto over my career is the concept of rapport and the fact that that little amount of sales process is, is minuscule compared to the rapport that it, it has to float in. So we've got to really be thinking about what's the relationship, how do I transfer conviction uh, to a customer, how does the customer learn to trust me? And that's all about building relationship. 
And, and I find that mm-hmm. uh, more and more there's sales in every aspect of our life. So it is about relationships, and it's about how do we go about serving others. And I think that really becomes a, a key yeah. part of this. That's really interesting the way you phrase that, Jim. Now, I guess one interesting question for me and, you know, kind of how I, I wonder and I'm really interested because you're right there on the front lines at one of the, the biggest software companies in the world. But you're, you're fighting the battles day by day, I know, uh, working with a wide variety of sales professionals. So in general, has relationship management really changed or has it just become different or more difficult because of the on-demand nature of selling today? I just really wonder. I, I think it definitely has. And the real, the real crunch people have is time. Uh, the, the world continues mm-hmm. to accelerate around us, so time becomes such a precious commodity. So the opportunity to spend time with key clients becomes more and more of a challenge. So I really think that that is a, a, a big issue. Related to that is the fact that our clients, our prospects are more educated than ever um, on what is going on in the marketplace, or they have a belief that they're educated on it. So that's going to keep them from maybe wanting to spend that precious time with us so that we can develop the relationship and the rapport that's going to allow us to engage in meaningful conversations. Or even a bigger right. challenge, they don't believe that there's something new in the market that can actually change the game for them. So time is the huge uh, constraint that we have to continue to deal with. Interesting, Jim. I, I certainly concur with what you're saying, and I think most of my prior guests would certainly agree with that as well. You know, one of the things I talk on, you've heard me talk about this topic before, is, you know, one of the things we're trying to do, because you just made a great comment about, you know, do, do we offer anything new? To the customer that they that they brings them value that they haven't seen before, and one of the things I talk about in that regard is one of our goals as we're trying to to get that rapport built is making the customer curious, and I'm curious to know using that term again. Not don't don't mean to repeat myself, but it's true. How do how do you how do you help people your sellers and customers really, how do you help make them curious? What are the various steps that you work with with your sellers to try and get them, and get that customer curious? Right, right. I mean, great point. So I think it starts with the fact that we've got to be prepared. Now more than ever, the proper preparation going to engage with somebody is so critical because I've got to know about what's happening in the marketplace. What's happening to that customer? What's happening at my company? What are the new things we're bringing out there? Because I've got to be more educated than ever to even have the opportunity to start asking questions to engage them, inspire them, and get them curious and really start finding out what are those issues that they're dealing with that we can address potentially. So I I think about it from the standpoint that I've got to be going after areas that I have something that can have an impact and and can drive the curiosity. And ultimately, Uh I'm really looking for what the customer's issues are, what their pain is, what is happening to them that's going to cause them to make a move, or what gain, what incredible thing that they'd like to achieve that I can help them achieve. So really comes back down to those issues of so what and who cares and being prepared to engage the client in an interesting conversation quickly about that. That's really interesting, Jim, and I'm glad you brought that up because you made the comment about preparation, and it's not enough these days 
just to go in because you are a expert on your products. You've got to really be close to an expert on your customer before you even engage with them. Is that really the case these days? Yeah. In fact, you had uh, in your daily sales thought, and it's a, a blog that you published that I really recommend people uh, send out and, and take a look at. You talked about being prepared to understand what's going on with your customer. And as an example, I tend to want to quickly look at the customer's current website. What is it that yep. company's about? What's their press releases? Have you looked at the 10K or 10Q? I'm amazed to this day that people are not looking at the management comments in the customer's published financial records about what they're trying to achieve before they go into a sales call. Why are you not doing the basic yeah. homework that allows you to engage that customer? Because if you find out they're trying to do a big initiative, why aren't you trying to relate whatever you're selling to their current issues? So I really think that that whole preparation yes. and, and doing your homework is, is more important than ever because the information is out there and the customer expects you to do your homework. Yeah, that's a great point, Jim. I think, folks, what Jim just said is important. If you're a seller or a sales manager, the customer expectation is that you know this before you ever engage. And that's the key thing you just heard Jim say is it's not enough that you, oh, I'm an expert on my product or my service. That's not enough. You may right. be, but the stakes. customer already expects you to be. Yes, it's table stakes. Thank you, Jim. Well said. You've got to be. You've got to know the customer and what they're trying to accomplish. And what I talk a lot about, Jim, is the linkage from whatever it is that you are selling, whatever product or service. That linkage from what you're selling to how does it impact that customer? What is it right. going to from a higher level? And and how's it going to help case? that particular customer, that particular person, achieve their goals? They've all got goals themselves yeah. on what they want to achieve in their company. Are you supporting them? And, and the concept I try to think about is, am I working for the customer? You know, I know I want to achieve my goals, but until I'm able to sure. serve them and help them achieve their goals, it's going to be tough to make things happen. So customers want to quickly understand, are you there to help serve them, help them uh, achieve their goals? And that's that whole idea. The more I'm prepared, yeah. the more able I'm able to quickly engage on that because we only have that short amount of time now where the customer is going to be willing to engage us. And if we don't engage quickly with something of interest that's compelling, they're going to shut the door and, and, and have the next guy in there, the next gal in there to, to figure out yeah. if they can help them. Great point, and, Jim. And, you know, one of the things – go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Yeah, the, the only other thing along that same line is like – and as you do this, you know, People want to be engaged. They want to be entertained. You hear about gamification. Well, it's not so much that I'm going to play a game with my client, but I got to come in there and entertain them with some really interesting anecdotes. What's the story that I can tell them about some other client that's achieved something tremendous that we could bring to them as well? So really engaging them with some powerful storytelling is another key concept that we've got to work on. And so that's, again, going back to educating yourself and learning so much about your business and what's going on in the market that you can apply to your client. Jim, I find that fascinating because one of the things, those of you who uh, listen to our show, either live or listen to our podcast, we appreciate you wherever you are in the world. You've heard mo many of my other guests talk about the fact that prior to engaging with you, the seller, the customer has done what they believe to be 70% of the, 
of the research about you, the seller, before they ever talk to you. Is this is what is this in line with what you see, Jim? Absolutely. Um, the, the education that our clients are doing, they know about our product, they know about our price points, they know about our competition. They'll they'll bring it up and and and, and toss it to you to see how you're going to deal with that. What is that unique, right. compelling uh, capability that you're bringing that's going to say, here's why I'm more valuable? Because we're competing with some things in the marketplace now with the Internet and, and things like Amazon that are changing the game, where they're saying, hey, we're going to deliver a great service, and we're going to keep driving the price down. So what are you doing to bring something interesting and compelling? Because that client is, is really going to be prepared to meet you. Are you prepared to meet the client? So, folks, what you've heard Jim talk about already is, is the notion of relationships. It's not changed. I, I guess, Jim, one of the things that we do talk about, you and I have, and I, uh, we've talked about it in prior shows, is, is that we have more tools to, to help drive those relationships. But we don't right. take those tools for granted. We have to use them properly, as you're talking about right here. Is that fair? Yes, and you know it, it's like it's this whole concept of continuing education. What are you reading? What are you putting in your mind as you prepare for each day? What are you doing after hours? What are you doing on your way to this sales call? What are you doing and listening to and reading? Are you reading the Wall Street Journal? Are you reading information about what's going on in that uh, customer's uh, industry? Are you are you listening to podcasts like this one or other you know sales um, trainers? putting good ideas in your head so that you're even more prepared to bring an engaging idea and really serve that client uh, with the best that's available today and bringing a unique perspective that engages them. So again, that whole concept, it still floats in rapport because I've got to build a relationship where people want me to be part of their team. So I've really got to be thinking, how do I bring some new ideas, some compelling ideas, but also be part of the team to help my client be successful? They'll see that. They'll, they'll understand who you're in the game for. Are you in the game for the client or are you just in the game for yourself? And when they know you're yeah. there ready to serve them, it, it makes a big difference. That's why I think the relationship and the rapport is as important as making sure we're super educated with everything going on in the market so we can be as impactful as possible. Now, one of the things you heard Jim mentioned earlier about is about reading the 10K, reading the 10Q, looking at the websites, etc. I'm going to throw one more tip to you out there who are listening and talking here because there's an interesting other step that I'm going to recommend. And Jim, you've heard me mention this one before. When you go to a customer's website, if they're a publicly held company, go look at the investor relations section, but don't just go to where Jim's telling you, which is the 10K, the 10Q, the quarterly statement. Go to the events and presentations area and look Absolutely. where they may have presented to an in, in, industry conference or make an investor relations presentation because those presentations often contain information that they don't just have out there in the general sort of thing. Have you have you seen that being used some, Jim? I, I want to just – Totally compliment you on that idea. Look for those investor presentations. They're 10 to 20 page PowerPoints that give you the insights to what the executive management team is doing. Sometimes they've got video. In fact, I was just at a major client and had watched their investor presentation that day. I happened to meet the president of that company at a, a cocktail reception that evening. I was able to bring up some of the great points he'd made 
during his investor presentation that day, he was beaming because he said, okay, people are listening to what I'm saying. Really a great opportunity to engage and, and be part of the team. So I, I think it's fantastic advice to, to look at that type of information in those presentations. So what you've learned from Jim already in this presentation is the notion of relationships are just as important as ever. The on-demand nature makes it more difficult. It can still be done. But you've also heard that we've got to make a customer curious. And as we talk further about it, we're going to give you some ideas of what you as a seller should be doing. We'll be right back after this short timeout on sales execution optimization, the new SEO. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. And we are back, and thank you all very much for joining us. And, Jim, that was a fascinating discourse on things. And some of them, you know, it's good just to hear some of the things you talk about because I like having someone who's living in that real-world scenario be able to tell me this is really happening, and you're living it day by day. What I wanted to do, and, you know, so we talked about relationships and the issues, and some of the issues have changed when they've morphed a little bit. We've got some different tools, but we're still trying to make a customer curious to try and get build that rapport. What I really wanted to do now was, you know, Jim, in your role, you deal with managers, you deal with salespeople, you got a lot of different people you're talking. And what I really wanted to do was make sure that we talked about some of those tactics that you see great sellers using. And I know you work with sellers, that some that are very experienced and some that are relatively new. So you've seen, a, I think, a, is it fair to say a wide variety of different genres of salespeople in, in your, what you're doing now? Absolutely. And, and as you and I have talked about, um, you know, SAP has folks that have been here selling for over 20 years and doing a fantastic job with incredible relationships. But we also have got a whole group called Early Talent, which are folks that are maybe a year or two out of uh, college that have joined us. They've gone through some sales training, and now they're developing the sales skills, and they're trying to accelerate their careers. And really, you start seeing, you know, what's, what's making a difference with these folks? And, and uh, it, it's very rewarding to see them as I coach a lot of these folks, what they can do to really make an impact quickly. 
So a number of things yeah. go into that, and uh, you know, it's it's just exciting. But it's a lot of what we've done over the years. You just have to do it faster and faster is the big challenge. Yeah. So let's talk first about the sellers. What are some of the key things you try and get the, the sellers to do? And and some of it may be obvious to some of the folks listening, but some of it may not be because you, we have people from all over the world listening in and, and podcasting us. And I just want to give them some, what are some of the key things that you want to make sure happen for a seller first? Yeah. And this is a great time of year to be thinking of this. Here we are finishing a year, but at the same time, we're preparing for a new year. That new year will be upon yeah. us in, in two weeks. And what are you going to do differently? What are you going to do more of that's going to make an impact this coming year? And, and back to the preparation idea we discussed earlier, it's about planning. Have you thought about your accounts? Have you prioritized your accounts? Do you know what your market is? Who do you really want to go after? So at first, it's setting the table to figure out who are the key clients, who are the priorities, and then what do I know about them and what relationships do I have there? And a big challenge people have is they say, okay, I've got my accounts, I've prioritized them. I don't know anybody at that account. And, you know, yeah. voicemail, email, very challenging to really engage somebody that way. And, and what you and I have talked a bit about is this concept of a warm introduction as being so powerful. So really part of your investigation has got to be figured out who do I know that knows somebody that's of importance at that client? That's going to be a key part of this. So, you know, that's where tools like LinkedIn come in, where being part of, you know, associations, industry groups, uh, local charities, anything that's going to help you meet the people that know the people that you want to know. Because if you have a warm introduction, dramatic change in how quickly the rapport can be developed, the relationship can be developed, and you can bring to bear some of that education that you've done, some of that preparation you've done to show the client how you want to engage them. So that, that's really yeah. a, a foundational thing. Great point, Jim. And, you know, fo so far, Jim, you've said you use three different words that I want to make sure we keep in our listeners' mind. You talked about preparation, which I think is kind of job one almost. You've talked about showing your value, that you're a valuable person to your buyer. And now you mentioned warm introductions, which in the day and age of nonstop email, nonstop voicemail, social media, a warm introduction, boy, it seems like that's going to be so much more important than it used to be. So great stuff for, for, for sellers, Jim. What about managers? I know you have to coach the managers as well. Where do you, where do you have managers focus on these days? So in, in the same, along the same lines, it's thinking about, are the people prepared? Are they prioritizing? Too often, you know, even if it's an account list or a, a pipeline, have you prioritized it? So I think it's like, you know, do what's important, right, before it becomes urgent. That Some of those old ideas that have been around yeah. for a while are so valid. So making sure we prioritize and focus on what's important, making sure that we take the time to spend time with each member of our team so that they are engaging all of their teams to, to help the successful be even more successful and to help those that are struggling to figure ways out to become successful. So I think that's a key part of it. Um, but also, you know, are you role-playing with your, your sales team? I think that's so critical. You know, let's engage before we go in to meet the customer and do a real honest-to-goodness role-play that's tough with tough questions to make sure we're prepared. And then afterwards, let's recap. Let's do a review of how we did. I asked for the review 
for myself as a manager, how did I do in the sales call? And then I ask the uh, sales reps, how do you think you did? And then I give them feedback as well. So it's this whole cycle of preparation and then review, execution, and, and continuing that type of uh, uh, structure. I think that can make a big impact. And, and it goes back to the relationship. It's developing those relationships with the people on your team uh, so that you can be there and, and make an impact with them. Jim, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am curious to know. You've been you've been in your role for some time. Are there things that that you see that that you find that that everyone seems to really struggle with beyond what you've already said, which I completely concur and understand what you're saying. But are there in the new era of selling? And I say the new era. I realize every t- every year could be a new era. I do understand that, but I am curious to know, especially recently. What are some of those key things that both sellers and managers, you, you seem to be, you feel like you're repeating yourself. You, it's to different people, but you're saying the same thing. What are those things? Well, the, the one that always comes to mind is what impact and what benefit is this going to provide your customer? Don't just yeah. tell me you want to sell this stuff because you want to sell it and make your goal and your quote and all that. It really comes down to what impact does that have? Can you describe very effectively what impact you're going to have on the customer's business with what we're proposing. Because if you can't, it's not, the sale's not going to happen. So it's so critical. And is it like, you know, if we're going to increase revenue, how are we going to do that? Specifically, being able to provide answers so that your clients can do the internal selling they need to get the deal signed off when you're not there. And, and you know, it's not about cutting costs. It's about improving margins. Well, how are they going to do that? Who needs to be involved? So truly that business case and that business value that we're trying to bring to the clients, are you able to very specifically and uh, definitively discuss your business value and your business proposition that's going to make the customer capable of taking the message forward when they're in the board meeting or they're in the management review meeting that's going to get your deal signed off? So very critical, and it's a constant drumbeat for me to make sure that people um, are, are doing that and, and are preparing their clients to help get the sale completed. Very interesting, Jim. And, and on that note, I wanted to, some of you who are our frequent listeners, and I certainly thank you, feel free to call in and talk to Jim and I, 866-472-5790. I get plenty of emails coming out of this show, Jim, from people who are asking these kind of questions. But one of the things on your point of what you just talked about the notion of the impact, I wanted to point out two kind of elements of impact. I always ask folks when we're talking about an opportunity, when I'm coaching sellers, I say, who's it important to and why? And who's it urgent to and why? Because if a a seller doesn't understand who it's important to and why and who it's urgent to and why, I always say, are you really sure you want to forecast this? Because if you can't answer those questions, I gotta tell you, I'm a little concerned. Is that fair? I, it's very fair, and in fact, I really like what you just added to it. Because I've always been a so what, you know, so what's the business yeah. impact? What good thing or bad thing is going to happen? And who cares? Who really cares enough that they're going to allocate budget, time, and resources to make this happen? But you just brought up a great point. Who believes this is urgent to do? Who's got that compelling time frame? Because too often. A compelling event is like, we're going to offer a discount. Well, guess what? That's compelling for us. Maybe it's compelling for the client, but they know too often 
that that discount is going to come back and be available again in the future. They just have to wait us out. So I think that's really key. Is there an urgent business need, or is there a way to deliver that value, that immense value quickly, that's going to say, we need to go ahead and move forward with this now? So I think that's a great point to, to include that aspect of urgency to get the people moving. Yeah, because one of the things, there's a lot of things in this world that are important to businesses to accomplish. I think we could certainly concur. There aren't that many things that are urgent, but when you can get the cross of urgency and importance, that's typically where real money gets spent, yep. as opposed to just people just saying, oh, I want to do this. There's a lot of things I would I want to do in a business, but if I, until, I, until I can get that person who's going to say it's urgent and important, probably not going to get spent, I would say, right? Right. And, and I think along those lines, that's another challenge we all have, which is how do you put yourself in your customer or prospect's position? How do you put yourself in their shoes to figure out what their perspective is, right? Like you just said, we, we're going to put it in forecast because we, quote, unquote, have to forecast something. Well, no yes. one. Let's figure out what would make this urgent, why we can help the customer understand the value of moving forward now. So, again, it's taking the time, it's taking that effort to really dig in on that business value and who's it going to impact and then why that person in a leadership role is going to be willing to say, we need to move now, we need to make um, a decision now so that this can get moving and start delivering value for our organization. Yeah, and I think... You know, because, Jim, you've talked a lot about the notion of preparation. You've talked about being valuable to your customer. You've talked about warm introductions. You've also mentioned, I think, a great point. Folks, you may think, oh, this is grade school stuff, but you just heard a vice president of one of the biggest technology companies in the world talk about role play. If you don't think it's important, trust us when we tell you this is what makes good sellers great by role playing it. By testing I, it. I agree. And, and it's, uh, I've given so many presentations to teammates, to managers, to peers, to family members even, who have no clue what I do or what I'm selling. But what I found is that's valuable because many times our customers may think they're educated in what we have to say, but our presentations become so uh, in-depth, we lose them. We're not connected with them. So Sometimes talking with people that are not super knowledgeable or even very knowledgeable about your business can make a Im big impact as you're doing these type of role plays and, and, and doing dry runs with them. That concept of a dry run is something we found to be extremely valuable because get people that are not familiar with the account or your solution in on those role plays and dry runs, they're going to ask the tough questions about, why are you saying that? Why are you presenting this? It makes no sense. It's disconnected from what we were trying to talk about. I'm telling you, it's made some big changes and has allowed us to close some big deals this year because we took the time up front, the painful dry runs for a day sometimes for a presentation. But when we got into the presentation, huge impact. The customer was delighted. We had engaging stories. We had materials and visualizations that they could relate to and how it impacted their business. So it really can make a huge difference. And, and, and hopefully you have some fun with it too, right? I mean, that's, that's part of it. We want to enjoy our time here. And if you can learn uh, to have some fun in these role plays and these uh, dry runs, it, it can make for even more fun when you're in front of the client, which really, you know, bringing some entertainment, some engagement 
to the meeting can can really make a big difference as you try to develop that that rapport and that relationship. Jim, I find that that's really interesting. And again, I have great respect for what you're saying because, again, we're not talking about a, a startup company that's trying to prove itself. We're talking about one of the biggest technology companies in the world. And you as a leader in that company are telling your own people, this is how we do it. This is how we are successful. And I think that's really, I give you a lot of credit for doing that. And Jim. Yeah, just to to point out, though, I I worked at a startup before I was at SAP. And some of those same things we did, some of the same habits, they work big and small. So it's just, it's worthwhile taking that time to prepare and, and to really uh, go through your material so you're super confident. You become the expert on what you're discussing. And Jim, we talked up front. One of the things I told us, everybody up front, I was gonna we're gonna talk about engaging with the customer, and we talked about going from curiosity to rapport. What are some of the hardest elements in rapport building that you see today? What are some of those things that I won't say trip people up, but that you've got to kind of warn them about? Every time, um, you know, I, I think it, you, you've just got to be willing to be uh, forward in introducing yourself, in engaging yourself, being prepared. You know, I, as you go into a meeting, some of the best practices are people have looked up LinkedIn backgrounds on folks to figure out where they go to school, what communities are they involved in, what organizations are they involved in outside of work. What, what companies have they worked for? You know, being prepared for rapport is, is key to this as well, so that when you see somebody, you, say, you can say, hello, um, I see that you went to this school. You know, did you see some sporting event related to that, or you went to that school, or new people that went to that school? Think about all the ways you can connect on a personal level can help accelerate the rapport development versus trying to play go fish with them when, when you meet them in person. So really thinking about, you know, what can I do to know as much as possible? And also back to those warm introductions, knowing who their friends are can make it that much more accelerated. So, because again, with our limited time, we want to make sure we engage. And then it, it comes back to being prepared. If I'm prepared to have the conversation, the rapport is going to be much better because I've noticed that when I go in and talk to a client, say, I understand we have 30 minutes for this meeting. We're going to cover this item, this item, and this item. Is there anything else you want to cover? The client relaxes. They know what the meeting's time bound. They know what we're going to cover, and now we can get on with the meeting. So, doing that kind of preparation can really improve your rapport uh, with the customer and the prospect. Excellent, Jim. And you know, again, you just added another element. And last week in our in our discussion about social selling, we talked a lot about LinkedIn, and you brought it up here. It seems to come up in just about every time we we have a show, folks out there it's not a question is you do you like link linkedin or not it is the vehicle for business social selling it's got 400 million users so there's no option anymore and you just heard jim talk about the fact that your customer is going to look you up you need to be looking them up understand what they're all about what their passions are what they're where they went to school what they did because, and this may actually help you then get that warm introduction. Maybe you have some mutual acquaintances. You never know. Right. If you don't look it up, you certainly won't know. So it, It's key. I, Absolutely. Because yeah. that, again, is going to help increase your circle of influence. The rapport is a bit more, you know, ready to go because the client knows somebody who you know. So 
it just makes them more comfortable with you. It's like, okay, if my friend knows you, okay, I'll, I'll be more open to your ideas uh, and, and really uh, potentially engage at a more in-depth level with you because of that. Fascinating stuff, Jim. And, and, and folks, in just a few minutes, you've heard some things that you as sellers, you as managers should be doing. Focus on these areas of preparation you heard from Jim. Focus on the nature of role-playing, testing, finding out where you are. Make sure you're making an impact, understanding who it's urgent and who it's important to, whatever it is you're selling, whatever service or product. Go for that warm introduction and know that LinkedIn is going to be a vehicle that you're going to use and going to be used with you. We come back, we're going to give you some ideas that you can walk away from this show with and use today here on Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. is Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. Well, welcome back, everyone. And, you know, I think the simplest thing I can say about that last segment, Jim, is to summarize it. Relationships are not built quickly, and they got to be nurtured. It's not something you just do once and think, oh, I'm done. you got to keep working at it. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. It's, a, it's an ongoing journey, and it should be very rewarding for the client and for you, right? I mean, I, I still yeah. remember some of my... Uh, wonderful clients from early in my career and, and, and what we did together. And uh, it's just been very rewarding. And, you know, as we also shared, you know, I've taught you that I've done a lot of uh, sales training. I've listened to a lot of the, the great sales trainers like Brian Tracy, like Zig Ziglar. And, and one of the things that I always remember from Zig Ziglar was his quote that you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. And, and that, to me, is this whole idea of, you know, being a servant, servant leadership, and that's where you make the huge impact on your client, for your company, for yourself personally, in, in achieving some great goals. And I know you, you shared with me that uh, uh, Zig's son, Tom Ziegler, who's taken over that, that business, is going to join your show in early January, which I think is fantastic, because I, I just believe that uh, putting those ideas, those positive ideas into your head, 
can make you that much more impactful when you go and meet with a client. So uh, real excited about that, that upcoming show with Tom Ziegler. Oh, certainly I am too. And, you know, Jim, what I wanted to do in this last segment, I always like to call it, this is our walkaway segment. I want to give everybody around the world something to walk away with. So let's focus just for a few minutes on those new sellers, somebody who may not have much time selling. What do you, where is the nature of practice in this area? Because you've talked about role play. So yep. are those, uh, is that the key element that you work on with some of those new sellers is the role play? It, it is the role play, but I want to give a specific example even before getting into that one. Um, there was a sales rep that was coming to interview uh, us at SAP for a, a job uh, out of South Florida. He was very interesting. I had his, his uh, uh, interview scheduled on my calendar. The evening before, I got a LinkedIn invite from him asking me to LinkedIn. And what was key about it, it wasn't just the typical LinkedIn invites we get, which is saying, I'd like you to join my network. You know, I, when I get those, I'm like going, there's nothing personal in those, right? Yes. This, this friend of mine, Arturo, he sent a note that said, Jim, I'm looking forward to meeting with you tomorrow to discuss the opportunity to join SAP. Please let me know if you have any questions. See you at the time of the meeting. Well, guess what? Because it was a personalized note to me, and I knew that was the name of the person I was going to meet, I looked at his LinkedIn profile a bit more. I looked at his background. I, I kind of had a better concept of where he was coming from. And when he walked in the meeting the next morning, I already had his, his face in my, my mind because I'd seen his picture on LinkedIn. I knew a lot about his history. He had a very interesting LinkedIn profile. So it was great. I, he, he came in with his own warm introduction. So in those cases where you can't find somebody, Sending that LinkedIn the evening before the meeting can be a huge impact uh, to really get off on the right foot. So I just share that with people because I look at interviewing as another type of sales call because you're going in to sell your sales capabilities to that company. And Arturo really proved out his capability to come prepared to a sales call. He knew my background. He knew what I was interested in and what our company was challenged with. So that was a great example of being prepared for a sales call. So then great, great that, call, just, Jim. Yeah, and then beyond that, you mentioned the whole uh, role-playing. You know, since then, Arturo joined our company. I've been on a number of sales calls with him. We, we grab a coffee first thing in the morning before we go out on our sales calls to talk about what's the strategy, what's our objectives, what's my role in the sales call, what's his role. We'll go through some actual discussion of questions like, hey, this is what I'm going to present. This is how I'm going to present it. What do you think? Any changes? any adjustments, you know, you just go in prepared. It, it, nothing is a mystery then. You are going in there prepared uh, to be effective. And then, you know, you know what questions you want to ask. And, you know, I, I also encourage people, write down the questions you need to get during that meeting. Even if it's two or three simple questions, you've got something to refer to. So just thinking about that, writing some information down, being prepared, conducting a quick role play, and then doing that recap afterwards with your, your manager or your peer to say, hey, how did, you, how did I do? How could I improve? You know, what, what is your feedback for me? So those are, so those are some of the, the, the basic steps I, I continue to take uh, uh, today. That's, that, Jim, I think that's interesting stuff, especially for the people who may be new in selling and you're listening in. And again, remember, Jim is, 
is the vice president of sales of one of the biggest technology companies in the world. And he's talking about how he interacts on a regular basis with sellers of that company. So take it as somebody who is living it day by day. Now, Jim, on that note, I know one of the things that you and I have talked about is some of the more experienced sellers, sometimes they, they can have some of their own interesting challenges. What are some of the advices you give to some of those experienced sellers who have done well historically, but may, for lack of a better term, I'll say, struggle a little bit sometimes in kind of morphing into that new way of selling that we've talked about? Well, it's a great point, um, and, and you do start seeing that struggle, and it goes back to the blocking and tackling. You know, where are your priorities? What are the customer's issues? How are you going to help them with them? What is the business case? What's your business value you're bringing? You know, going back to the basics often can be very advantageous. Now, in some cases, they've been calling on an account for a long time, they're stuck in a, a certain area. So I try to work with them about who else can we connect with in the customer. And in some cases, if you're told, don't work outside of, of, of my, my power base by the client, see if there's a partner or one of those other warm introductions you can use to get the message um, to other folks within the company, especially being in technology sales, we're often tied with a CIO. So how do we go get the line of business yeah. folks involved? So really, you know, blocking and tackling and then getting creative about how do we reach more people with our message. So, you know, being, being always thoughtful and mindful about how do I increase the number of relationships I have in an account. Yes. And, Jim, I think what's interesting about that to me is you mentioned the idea early on in our discussion about warm introductions, and you just talked about another great example. Now, one of the things you just mentioned that I want to make sure everyone hears, if you are in the tech, I realize not all of you out there sell technology, but many of you are involved in it to some degree. But one of the things that I think, Jim, it'd be important, we'd be remiss if we didn't tell them that even if you're not selling to, you think you're selling something to somebody in the technology area, business users now have a lot more to say about that sale than just technology people. Is that not fair? Right. Right. And oftentimes they're the ones with the budget. They need to get yes. something done. And if their internal resources are not able to do it for whatever matter, whether it's technology or otherwise, they're going to go outside to look for other solutions and other opportunities and other uh, options. So we've got to be prepared for that and in some cases, partner with our internal customers, and other times, go outside to those other lines of business, right? So keeping a, a broad view about the impact you can play uh, with a customer, thinking again about that business value, and that might be enough reason to say, hey, to your customer, let's partner together and go talk to that, the, the line of business on how we can help improve things. So it's, a, it's just a game, again, of, of being, are you educating yourself? Are you aware of what's going on in the industry? What are their competitors doing? Not so much so you can say, hey, your competition's doing this. You should do the same thing with, with me. But just giving them new ideas about how they could be more effective uh, with, with your capabilities. So continue educating yourself, continually bringing a gift of information is what I call it, about their organization, about the industry, about their competition, about what you can bring to the game. So always think about what's that gift of information I can bring my clients. The gift of information. You heard it here first, folks, on sales execution <laughs> optimization. 
I'm going to be borrowing that, Jim. I got to tell you, the gift of okay. information, because I think you raise a great point. And the gift of information, it isn't just about bludgeoning the customer over the head, what their competition's doing, but informing them that, hey, we have helped other people address this issue. Because people yeah. I have found in general, they like to know what other folks are doing that are in the industry or similar industries yep. to them. Yep. And who doesn't want a gift, right? The, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The other this gift, time of year especially, find, everyone wants a gift. That's right. The other gift I, I believe is very valuable, can help you with your rapport, is the gift of time. When you have a 30-minute meeting, make sure you don't use more than 25 minutes of it. Give that client five minutes back and don't rush up to the top of the hour or the bottom of the hour. When you have an hour-long meeting, figure out how can you finish that meeting in 45 or 50 minutes. It does a lot of good because at the end of the meeting, if the client still wants to engage, you have time to do that before they're rushing off to the next call or meeting. So realize that that gift of time about giving some margin to people can be really valuable. And they'll appreciate it because they go, you know what, that team, when they come in, they're always done a little bit early. They get right to the point, they get the business done, and it gives me a little bit of a breathing room between one meeting and the next. So be cognizant of that and don't go over time because that, that's really taking time from your client. And people don't like to have that done. So Think about that, and, and I point. think that can really um, be a very big value to why people like working with you, because you really care about them. Jim, one last question before we hit the top of the hour, but I really wanted you to kind of expand on what you and I have talked about in the past. Is How, do you, how can you combine the nature of social networking, social business, whatever you want to call it, with some of these relationship issues that you have mentioned? Now, you talked about LinkedIn once already. What other things do you see that are happening right now in that notion, the notion and nature of social selling? You know, I, I, it's interesting because you start uh, following some of your clients on Twitter. You know, maybe the executives of that company, maybe the executives of your company, also what's going on in your industry. I've just started using that. It's been very interesting to get some viewpoints into what's interesting and happening and uh, can just bring that news about what's going on in the market to your customer. It makes you more educated with some, some snippets. So I, I look at that as a nice tool. Um, you know, some of the other ones, that the, uh, the Instagrams and, and uh, Snapchats, I'm not sure how to apply those yet, but uh, I'm sure uh, uh, folks will figure it out. Um, but uh, I'm at least using those types of uh, tools like the, the LinkedIn, the Twitter. I'd also say that, you know, it, it still comes down to personal relationships. You see all these people at the airport, on the highway. People want to go be with people. So get involved with a community organization. I do Ronald McDonald House. I do scouting. You know, I was involved with a church organization. Turned out the CIO of one of my big clients was in it. So think about how can you also not get involved just socially, but also out there in your community because you're going to meet some great people, help your community, and hopefully find some new new folks to, to network with and, and that are going to provide some access and some friends that are going to help you uh, be successful. So uh, j just some other ideas that folks on the social, but also yeah. remember that personal touch is so valuable. Jim, I wanted to make sure before we uh, wrapped up our show here, you had a chance to give out some of your information in case folks want to contact you. How would they best do yeah. that? Yeah, I, I'm on LinkedIn, Jim Cusick, C-U-S-I-C-K. Uh, you can also reach me at SAP. I'm at uh, jim.cusick, C-U-S-I-C-K, at sap.com. Uh, glad to network and, and share ideas on how we can all help our clients be more successful.
And and who are you on Twitter? I think I would know that one too. I think I'm at Real Jim Cusick uh, after one one of my favorites at <laughs> Twitter handles. So uh, you can find me at Real Jim Cusick as well. So thanks for that. All right, that's great. No, but you've learned so much in the last hour, folks. You've heard Jim talk about preparation. You've heard him talk about being valuable. You've heard him talk about the nature of the warm introduction and how important that is. You've heard him talk about the nature of role play, practice before you go, having an impact, understanding who it's important and urgent to. And you've heard him talk about LinkedIn, and you heard a guest last week, Glenn Fitzgerald, talk about it as being the first tool. But you also heard Jim talk about LinkedIn. You've heard him talk about getting with people via Twitter, following them that way. But being prepared and the nature of engaging with a customer, going from the nature of curiosity to rapport, is all about those things, is making sure that you're prepared. And you heard it from one of the best in the business, a gentleman who does it for one of the best technology companies in the world, and Jim Cusick. And Jim, I cannot thank you enough for spending the time with us. And I know a very busy time of the year for you. It's holiday season, but I know it's also coming up on quarter end for you. So you've got a lot going on. So thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. Phil, I really enjoyed it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. And uh, let's have a great year end and a happy new year. Next week, folks, we're going to have you listen. You can always listen to our shows on through our website, voiceamerica.com, business. And next week, you're going to hear us talk with, we had a show earlier with Don Nicholson, president of the North American president of the company, Decker, to talk about the nature of every person in the company sells, no matter the title. So remember that. Folks, it has been a fantastic hour with Jim Cusick. He did a great job giving you some ideas about role play, everything we do. So on behalf of Jim Cusick, on behalf of our entire staff here at Voice America, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. We will hear from you'll hear from us again next Monday on sales execution and optimization, the new SEO. Thank you. We will see you down the road. Goodbye. Thank you for listening this week. Sales execution optimization, the new SEO can be heard live every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific time and 4 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.